like to come and take your seats, it would be really, really good. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome. Uh, my name's Dave, and I'm uh, one of the leaders here at the Vine Church uh, in Paul. I know I trust you're all bracing yourself for this uh, final week, are you? Are you all ready for this final week? You know, the real tough week where everything happens, you know, all those questions that you have to ask, like, um, when's the best day to go and do my Christmas shopping? When's the best day to go to the supermarket? You know, I went to three o'clock in the morning one year, and you know what? It was still packed full of people. Three o'clock in the morning. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? What do I get for people for Christmas? Anybody had that problem this year so far? What do I get for grand? What do I get for granddad? They're always the hardest, aren't they? Mum and dad, the children. What am I going to get for all these people? And if you're a man, will these socks last until Christmas Day? <laughs> I forgot that person's Christmas card. Have you ever had that? When somebody hands you a Christmas card, you say, oh, yeah, thank you very much. And you think, oh, blow it. I haven't done one for them. Get that feeling? Well, this is the last week. That's when all those things come together. It's great, isn't it? Okay, well, welcome uh, this evening. We want you to really enjoy your time with us. We also know that this time of year can be very frenetic. Only nine days to go until Christmas Day. And you know, this time this evening is just a time to sit and reflect upon the true meaning of Christmas. And that's what we want you to get out of this evening. Uh, we're going to show a video in a few seconds. And then we're going to, uh, Al's going to come and tell the story and we're going to be singing some carols. Very traditional this year. Okay, thank you. Once upon a time, long ago, about 2,000 years, when King Herod ruled Judea, which is now part of Israel, God sent the angel Gabriel to a young woman who lived in the northern town of Nazareth. The girl's name was Mary, and she was engaged to marry Joseph. The angel Gabriel said to Mary, Peace be with you. God has blessed you and is pleased with you. Mary was very surprised by this and wondered what the angel meant. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid. God has been very kind to you. You will become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to a baby boy, and you will call him Jesus. He will be God's own son, and his kingdom will never end. Mary was very afraid, but she trusted God. Let it happen as God chooses, she replied to the angel. Gabriel also told Mary that her cousin Elizabeth, who everyone thought was too old to have children, would have a baby boy whom God had chosen to prepare the way for Jesus. Mary said goodbye to her family and friends and went to visit Elizabeth and her husband, Zacharias. Elizabeth was very happy to see Mary. She knew that Mary had been chosen by God to be the mother of his son. An angel had already told Zacharias that Elizabeth's baby would prepare people to welcome Jesus. He was to be called John. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home to Nazareth. Mm -hmm. 
Joseph was worried when he found out that Mary was expecting the baby before their marriage had taken place. He wondered if he should put off the wedding altogether. Then an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Don't be afraid to have Mary as your wife. The angel explained that Mary had been chosen by God to be the mother of his son and told Joseph that the baby would be named Jesus, which means saviour, because he would save people. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had told him to and took Mary as his wife. At this time, the land where Mary and Joseph lived was part of the Roman Empire. The Roman Emperor Augustus wanted to have a list of all the people in the empire to make sure they paid their taxes. He ordered everyone to return to the town where their families originally came from and enter their names in the register or census there. Mary and Joseph travelled a long way, about 70 miles, from Nazareth to Bethlehem because that is where Joseph's family came from. Most people walked, but some lucky people had a donkey to help carry the goods needed for the journey. Joseph and Mary travelled very slowly because Mary's baby was about to be born. When they reached Bethlehem, they had problems finding somewhere to stay. So many people had come to register their names in the census that every house was full and every bed was taken in all the guest rooms. The only place they, to stay that they could find was the animals. People often kept animals in the house, especially at night, and then used them like central heating. They slept on a raised upper level with the animals below to give them extra warmth. So, in the place where the animals slept, Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Son of God. In those days, it was a custom to wrap newborn babies tightly in a long cloth called swaddling clothes. They filled the food cloth with hay and lay him down to sleep in that. day began, suddenly an angel appeared before them, and the glory of God shone around them. The shepherds were very, very scared, but the angel said, don't be afraid, I have good news for you and everyone. Today in Bethlehem, a saviour has been born for you. You will find the baby laying in a manger. Then many more angels appeared, lighting up the sky. The shepherds heard them praising God, singing, Glory to God in highest, and peace to everyone on earth. When the angels had gone, the angels said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened. So the shepherds went to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph. The baby Jesus was lying in a manger, as they had been told. When they saw them, they told everyone what the angel had said, and everyone who heard the story was astonished. Then the shepherds returned to their sheep, praising God for sending his son to be their saviour. 
And Jesus was born a bronze baby, bright star in the blue sky. Some wise men in faraway countries saw the star and guessed what it meant. They were very clever men who studied the stars and had read in very old writings that a new star would appear when the great king was born. They set out to find the new king and bring him gifts. The wise men followed the star towards the country of Judea. And when they got to the capital of Jerusalem, they began to ask people, where is this child who was born to be the king of the Jews? Herod, the king of Judea, heard this, and it made him very angry to think that someone might be going to take his place as king. Herod sent for the wise men to come to him. He told them to go on following the star until they had found the baby king. He said, oh, when you found him, let me know where he is so I can go and worship him. But Herod would not tell them that the Jews had an evil plan to kill the young king. The wise men followed the star towards Bethlehem, where it said that the king would be born in the old writings. Soon he stopped and shone directly down upon the place where Jesus was. The wise men entered the house where they now lived and found Jesus with Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. The wise men spread the gifts they had brought before Jesus. The gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men were warned in a dream by God not to go back to Herod. So they returned. Fantastic. If you would like to be uh, seated. My name is uh, Tim and I'm one of the leaders here at the Vine Church. Uh, Christmas has officially arrived, as uh, Dave has already said. It's nine days. Is everyone ready? No? Oh, yes. Some people said yes, some people maybe not. Well, I just want to kick us off with a little uh, Christmas slash New Year quiz. Are you ready? You're going to participate in this, by the way. So um, this is the first question. There's four questions. So the first question is this. Are you ready? In the UK, this is, in 2018, on Google, what is the most searched topic? Number one, royal wedding. Number two, royal baby. Three, GDPR. Everyone hated that one. Four, Jeremy Forbes. Five, the Spice Girls. Okay, so we'll go through them. And if you think it's this one, you've got to raise your hand. This is in the UK, by the way. Most searched topic in the UK via Google. So, number one, the royal wedding. Or a couple of people. Royal baby. Oh, royal baby is a bit, bit more. GDPR. Oh, you boring people. <laughs> Jeremy Forbes. No. Uh, Spice Girls. Oh, a few of you. The, the actual one is the royal wedding. So if you said royal wedding, just to let you know, they are actually in the right order. Uh, that's the order as most such. Next question, question number two. This is in the UK again. It is, on Google, what is the most searched what is question? So if we've got this one up in Google, what is the most searched what is question? We might not have the PowerPoint. Okay, here we go. So on Google, 
What is the most what is search question? So what is? So number one, what is Bitcoin? Number two, what is GDPR? Number three, what is an IBEX? Number four, what is a nerve agent? And number five, what is the common wealth? So I'll run through them again. I'll put your hands up. So number one, what is the Bitcoin? Who thinks that was the top one? Oh, a few people actually. Uh, what is GDPR? The funniest thing is some of these GDPR people don't put their hands up again. What is IBEX? Does anybody actually know what, what IBEX is? What is a nerve agent? Oh, quite a few of you put your hand up that one. And lastly, what is the Commonwealth? Okay, the answer is what is Bitcoin? That was the top one. Number three, this year we saw a royal wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. But how much did it cost to put the wedding on? Or everything, how much did it cost? Number one, two million pounds. Number two, seven million pounds. Three, 12 million pounds. Four, 25 million pounds. And five, 32 million pounds. So here we go again. Number one, two million pounds. No. Seven million pounds. Quite a few people. Uh, 12 million pounds. Quite a few people as well. 25 million pounds. 32 million pounds. It was the top one. It's 32 million pounds. It cost to um, put on the royal wedding this year. Uh, you'll be pleased to know it was the majority of that was uh, security, and that was paid by us. Just to let you know, by the taxpayer. Uh, this is uh, the last question, and the last question is this. What is number one uh, in terms of most brought in money from a film this year? So number one film of 2018 by profit. Number one, Bohemian Rhapsody. Number two, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Number three, Incredibles 2. Incredibles 2. Number four, Mamma Mia, here we go again. And number five, Avengers Affinity War. Okay, so we'll go through this again. So, uh, number one, Bohemian Rhapsody. Quite a few of you, that was a big one. Number two, Jurassic World. Oh, Rory, the only one is that one. Uh, three, Incredibles 2. No, okay, no one always liked that film. Four, Mamma Mia. Oh, it's quite a lot, that one. And five, Avengers. Well, Avengers, you would have been correct. Avengers um, profited 96 million uh, pounds, uh, um, well, 96 million dollars across the whole world, it was. So that was number one. And actually, number two, just to let you know that, number two was Mamma Mia, and then it was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, then Jurassic World, and then Incredibles 2, in that order. Uh, I'll give you another question. This is not really a 2018 question, but this question is, I heard I, uh, when I was researching for this, this is a question when you, uh, if you went for a Google interview, they will often ask you, and it's this, how many ping pong balls can you fit in a 747 passenger plane? This is a common question Google asks you, apparently, if you go for an interview. Okay, ping pong balls in a 747 passenger plane. So it's 1.1 million, 3.25 million, 11.6 million, 12.8 million, or 22.8 million? So we'll just quickly go through these. Number one, 1.1 million? No. Uh, 3.2 million? Three, 11.6 million. Oh, quite a few more. And 12.8 million? Or 22.8 million? Well, that was 22.8 million 
kingdom boards would sit in their 747 passenger planes. And that apparently, this is according to Independent, that was a common uh, question they asked you on a Google um, interview, it would be hard to ask you. So that, that was just a bit of fun, a New Year Christmas trip. But I want to ask you a question. And this is the question. What is so amazing about Christmas? What is so amazing about Christmas? And you don't need to answer this one because I've got a little present for us. This is what I prepared earlier, Blue Peter style. I've got a few things that you might think is amazing about Christmas. It could be the Christmas carols. This is a flute, by the way. Becky plays the flute. Didn't know that, did you? So maybe it's the Christmas carols. Maybe what makes a Christmas so amazing is spending time with your family. That's me, by the way. Spending time with myself. This is pictures of me. Or maybe it's receiving some chocolate from someone. That will make Christmas good. Who wants some chocolate? There you go, Jane. Or maybe it's the Christmas decorations. The annoying little things that make the annoying noise. That is Freddie's beret. Or maybe it's some presents. Harry Redknapp's autobiography. Great book, by the way. He's just one I'm a celebrity. Or maybe it's the decorations. You know when you go around the, the different streets and you see all the amazing lights up in people's houses. But what is so amazing about Christmas? What makes Christmas Christmas? I want to know what is amazing about your Christmas? That's the question. What is amazing about your Christmas? If you took away the presents, would Christmas still be Christmas? If you took away maybe these lights and people putting lights up all around their houses, would it still be Christmas? If we didn't do this carol service, would it still be Christmas? What makes Christmas? What is so amazing about Christmas? See, just a minute ago, Al, what, five minutes ago, Al took us through the Christmas story. And this Christmas story is an amazing story because firstly, we have this lady called Mary. And Mary, she's a young, brave, and loving woman. And then we've got Joseph. And he's a just and a bold stepfather. And then you've got King Herod. He's a strong but also a fearful king. And you've got the shepherds who are faithful and curious shepherds. And then we have Jesus, the baby at the center of the story. He's a vulnerable baby. But he was going to be the savior of the world. See, in the story... Jesus is at the center of it all. In this story, Jesus, he's, he's at the center of Bethlehem. He's at the center of Israel. But now, he's at the center and the world's eyes are upon this young baby in this time. Do you know what? I find it amazing. Because, did you know, our whole world marks our measurement of time from Christmas. From the birth of Jesus. See, we've got, we've got um, B.C., before Christ, and A.D. Who, does anyone know what A.D. stands for? Yes, 
I thought people would say after death. And I was going to say, oh, no, it's wrong. I've got it even here on my notes. That didn't work, though. But yes, that means, do you know what it means? Year of the Lord. Year of the Lord. The number of years since the birth of Christ. So whatever country, whatever religion or ethnicity, we all work our measurements from the birth of Jesus. Your birthday, your first kiss, your marriage is all down. The date is taken from the birth of Jesus. You sitting here right now, the 16th of December, 2018, that reflects this young baby being born. See, if we're all honest with ourselves, the time we most feel loved at Christmas isn't receiving presents. It isn't, you know, stuffing our faces with food, even though I do enjoy my sprouts. It isn't the carols and the turkey, according to Freddie. It isn't the carols. It's the people we spend it with, isn't it? It's the people. And when Jesus walked this earth, he was the perfect person. And he was the perfect demonstration of love. See, we believe as Christians that out of love, Father God sent his only son to this world. Born as a baby, he lived in a family. He didn't come to serve so he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He didn't wear a royal crown, but he was with people and he loved people. However, Jesus is not just a baby and he's not just a dead man, as we remember at Easter. See, I believe that the person of Jesus is a man of love. He's a great man of love. John 3.16, which we get in the Bible, says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. This Christmas message is about a God who loves the world, who loves humanity. This is the reason that Jesus came. This is this is the story of Christmas. It is about love. Why did Jesus come into this world? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Because of love. God loves humanity. God loves you tonight. See, when I look at, the, when I look at Jesus as a baby, do you know what I see when I look at Jesus as a baby? I see a savior. I see a king. I see a man of peace, I see joy, I see hope, and I see love. This evening the question was, what is amazing about Christmas? It's because it's a story of love. It's a story of God loving us. He sends his only son to this world so that we might have life and life to the fullness. This Christmas, know that you are loved. Know that there is a God who loves you so much that he would do anything for you, even to the extent of sending his only son to this world. This Christmas, remember that. When you open up your presents, 
when you're stuffing your face with those sprouts, when you're, you know, maybe even taking the Christmas tree and the lights down, when you're with your family and friends, remember this. The Christmas story is about a God who loves humanity. He loves me and he loves you. And this is a story of love. And this is good news, which we believe in at this Christmas time. Let me pray for us before we sing our last carol. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you as we look at this uh, and we remember and reflect upon this baby over this Christmas time. We thank you that this is a story of love for humanity. And I pray that you would help us, each one of us, um, this evening and throughout this Christmas period to remember that it is about you loving us and sending your son. Help us not to forget this meaning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and sing our last carol. Guys, you up for a Christmas cheer? Eh? I think it's great, don't you? Cheer as loud as you can. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Yeah! <laughs> it's really good, isn't it? You know, it's so exciting. Christmas is such an exciting time. When you sing things like that, joy to the world. It is a joyous time, Christmas. And you know, we get so excited. If you're a Christian here tonight, you cannot help but getting excited. Well, I should be 57 years old this year. But you know what? It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. I still like singing a good Christmas carol at Christmas because it does something inside me. And you know, if you've been reflecting yourself over this um, Christmas carol service tonight about your life, about your future, about your past, very often Christmas is a time when you think and you reflect. And I just want you to think about that. If you'd like to speak to anybody, either Tim or myself, or if you're a lady, one of our wives, then please do come up and, and, and just say, do you know what? I want Christmas to mean something to me again. I've kind of lost my way a little bit. If you'd like to do that, you're very, very welcome. I'm just going to close in prayer, okay? Our Father, we thank you uh, this evening for uh, this wonderful time when we can celebrate uh, your birth. We thank you for all that you do for us and what you mean uh, to us here uh, this evening. We thank you for this Christmas time. And I pray that every single person here will know the beauty uh, of Christmas this year. Pray for all those that meet with families and friends. May all have a great time uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now, the other thing I need to say to you tonight is, look, we've got loads and loads of food. Uh, we're probably a few down than we thought we were going to be this evening. Uh, so it is a great opportunity uh, to get prepared for nine days' time. You know the stretching that requires, the stretching of your stomachs? Okay, you just need to prepare. So I would just uh, encourage you tonight to stretch your stomachs ready to receive uh, next week's turkey, okay? So please help yourself to tea and coffee and uh, all the festive fare. There's mulled wine over there. And all it remains for me to say is a very...